Introducing Fight Picks with the Pros. Brought to you by FanDuel. All right, hello and welcome to Fight Picks with the Pros. My name is Garrett Marchesano. Today I'm joined by UFC Ultimate Fighter Champion, Chris Holdsworth. Today we're going to go over a few picks for the upcoming UFC Fight Night card featuring Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. This is coming up this weekend at the UFC Apex Center in Las Vegas. Let's go. Let's go. All right, so the first fight we'll talk about is Diego Ferreira versus Benil Darush. Darush is coming in as the plus 100 underdog. Uh, Diego is coming in as the minus 122 favorite. Uh, now, Diego, just to give you a little background, he's fighting out of Fortis MMA, 17-2. and two. He's won his last six fights, but this is over five and a half years. And going back those five years, in 2015, his last loss was to Dustin Poirier. So really, really good fighter, well-rounded, three TKOs, seven subs, uh, great stamina. And then on the other side that you got from Kings MMA, you got Benil Darush. 19 and four, five TKOs, which I was a little surprised about because I always see this guy hurting people, uh, not getting knockdowns, dropping guys. And, and he's always entertaining to watch. He's also on a five fight win streak. So these guys are thriving, both coming off good win streaks. I really like this matchup. Uh, really well done by Sean Shelby. I really put this together. So what do you think about uh, Diego? What's your thought on this matchup, Chris? Um, you know, Diego primarily is a jiu-jitsu guy, in my opinion. You know, he's got some decent striking, but, like, I, I know him as, like, a jiu-jitsu guy. Um, so it's going to be interesting because, like, you know, Benil Derouche is a jiu-jitsu guy at heart as well. I remember seeing uh, Benil, like, in jiu-jitsu tournaments, and he was always, like, either a belt below me or, you know, he was, he was actively competing, like, when I was competing. Um, you know, so when I saw him get to the UFC, I was like, damn, you know, it's cool to see like uh, the jiu-jitsu blood, the guys who like came up in jiu-jitsu, like get into the UFC and still be competing like years later. So, you know, he's been doing great. Like, as you said, you know, his record 19 and four, um, you know, five, five uh, fight win streak. And, you know, he's got, got a lot of finishes in his fights, too. And he's fought some tough guys. You know, on, on the other hand, Diego hasn't been as active as as Darush. But, you know, he, he's put a, you know, a good win streak together as well. So it's always, it's always entertaining when you got guys that are like, you know, both on a four or five, five win streak. And, you know, they got a lot of confidence and, uh, you know, those guys are hard to beat. So uh, I think Darush just stand up has gotten a lot better now that he's re really been working with, you know, Rafael Cordero and, you know, the guys at uh, Kings MMA. So I think, uh, you know, he's going to have that advantage. And if it goes to the ground, I think, uh, I, it'll be interesting once it goes to the ground, but I think Darush has has the advantage in the all around uh, MMA game. Yeah, he, he's always fun to watch. He pulls out the spinning back fist, and uh, you know, I remember one fight he was getting pummeled by a guy, and he he threw this random left undercut uppercut that landed on the button, got him right back in the fight. He ended up winning, and he's just entertaining. Anytime I see him on a card or he comes up during a fight, I, I'm pinned in my seat. I'm ready to watch him go at it because. He, he always puts on a show, especially as of late on this five fight win streak. You know, he's stringing together some subs, some TKOs, entertaining fights. He, he comes yeah. out there and he has this. Some people are just, you know, born with his this God given power in their hands. Right. And when he really lets that his power of hand go, he's dropping guys. So he's really honing in on that. So 
for me, I'll give my pick, and this is out of, you know, me just watching uh, Darush fight more, to be completely honest, and just being a fan of his style, stylistically. Um, I'm going to go Benil Darush. I like him. I think it's, you know, three-round fight. I'm going to say by decision. I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth. Uh, I think we're going to see some grappling exchanges. It it could go to the ground. I think it's going to stay standing most of the time, and I see Darush getting a win via decision. Hmm. Um, I, I think I think Diego is is gonna slow down later in the fight. I think Darush will get a will get a a knee up the middle, a knee up the middle, wobble him and TKO him with the hands. <laughs> okay. So you call a TKO in the second? Yeah, Benio by a TKO in the third. Oh, in the third? Okay, TKO mm-hmm. in the third. Okay, you're going Benio by TKO. I'm going by decision. All right, we'll jump on the next fight. We'll jump into. Michael the Menace Johnson coming in as a minus 235 favorite against our guy, Clay the Carpenter Guida. Guida coming in as a plus 186. So with Clay Guida, you know, he's, he's getting a little older, veteran of the game. You know, he can always scrap. Uh, really similar on the other side. You know, Michael the Menace Johnson, he's been around the game for a long time, 19 and 16, eight TKOs. You know, he's on a bit of a losing streak over his last three. It's his, you know, second three fight losing streak of his career, but he's the type of guy that I always see fighting the, the top guys, right? He's always fight, fighting the big names. So it's hard to, you know, put, put that record down. Um, on the other side of it, we got Clay Guida, who's coming out of Team Alpha Male, who again is, is always entertaining, always ready to fight, always ready to scrap, always fun to watch. 35 and 20, seven TKOs, 13 subs. Uh, so when I think about Clay, I think about his brawls and his overhand right, overhand left, uppercut, uppercut. He just, you know, he has these crazy highlight exchange, exchanges. The one they love to show is the one with, you know, Diego Sanchez, where he's throwing left, right hook about 10 times in a row. Um, but really to see 13 subs on his record, he's he's got a good ground game, you know, former strike force champion. So, of course, I'm going to love to hear about your feedback on Clay. But, but start with Michael. What do you think about Michael and what's going to be his game plan coming in against Clay? Yeah, like you said, Johnson is always he's always fought, you know, top, you know, top, you know, caliber fighters. You know, he fights the best guys in the world. He might not have the best record, you know, coming from 19 and 16. But, you know, a, a lot of those, you know, a lot of those losses are, you know, to some of the top top guys in the world. Um, but, you know, he, he, he trains with uh, the guys at Stanford MMA, uh, which is a great camp. That's where like uh, Gilbert Burns and. Uh, Michael Chandler and, and you know, got Henry Hoof there. There's a lot of studs. So, you know, when you train at, you know, a great camp and you have a great coach, you're all, you're going to come with a good game, game, game plan. Um, I feel like he's going to try to, you know, keep Clay away with, you know, some straight punches down the middle and, you know, uh, look for some knees up the middle. You know, when Clay tries to come in for a shot, uh, you know, I feel like that's probably his best mm. path to victory. Even though Johnson can, can, can wrestle pretty good himself, um, uh, you know, you don't want Clay just getting in on your, getting in on you, and, and, and being the, you know, the, the guy he is on top with the ground and pound, and um, you know, and the thing I love about Clay, you know, he stays a student to the game. You know, a lot of these guys get to a certain level, and they they, they don't want to do the 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 technique anymore, or they they just want to spar or, or whatever it is. Like Clay shows up to jujitsu class, you know, he he focuses on getting ready. Man, actually, Clay shows up to almost every class. You know, he's a, he's a workhorse, That's and awesome. uh, you know, I love that about him. He's he's a, he's a great person in general, 
uh, really humble dude. And, you know, he fights his butt off in there, you know, every time he goes in. And I've actually seen, like, a different Clay this camp. Like, he wants, uh, you know, maybe it's, you know, the, the loss beforehand or the couple losses he's got. But, uh, you know, he, 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 he took things really serious this time around. And uh, I think he's putting in that extra work. And uh, it's going to be a different Clay Guida. I love it. I love it. You know, I'm a big fan of Clay. Every time I see him on, I know it's going to be an entertaining fight. And of course, he's out of Team Alpha Male, uh, you know, where, where you're coaching, where my studio is at. So we got a rep for, for the hometown guy, right? And uh, yeah, let's go, Clay. And so, and I also think he's fighting for a job, you know, in all honesty, uh, both these guys, you know, yeah. they're kind of on that chopping block a little bit. And a win would go a long way. I think whoever gets this win, you know, gets another fight in the UFC and gets, gets to keep going on. On the other side, you know, not to say a, a longtime loyal fighter to, to the promotion, to the UFC for, you could say that about both these guys. So it'd be hard to let one of these guys go, but the UFC roster right now is inflated. We heard in the beginning of the year, I think what they say, 70 cuts they're going to make. You know, when I was over at Fight Island, they were talking about more cuts they have to make to the roster. And for me to look at some guys who are on a, you know, three fight losing streak or are getting a little bit older, um, you know, you have to weigh in those factors, but what negates all that? Getting a big win and entertaining the fans for the promotion, yeah. for the UFC. Exactly. it's all short-term memory they'll forget uh your, your previous losses or they'll forget how old you are if you put on a, a hell of a performance so that brings me to my pick i'm going with clay the carpenter guida i'm thinking you know i'm feeling the decision i'm gonna say you know clay gets the victory and you know my heart's telling me decision i can see it be the third round ground and pound that he gets the ground and pound win and, and, and you know brings on that pace and it wears on michael over those three rounds but i'm gonna call clay guida by decision victory yeah I, i'm calling the same thing i think we're gonna see an old school clay in there uh you know guy who's actually you know setting up his takedowns and, and finishing his takedowns and, and getting on top and, and using his ground and pound and grappling skills to, to overwhelm Michael Johnson and uh, to frustrate him. And then he's going to get sloppy and get taken down again. So I, I see, I see clay uh, pulling this one out by decision as well. Nice. Nice. Love it. All right. We'll move on. Another guy familiar to the team alpha male gym is Cody Stanman. Is it Stanman? Uh, Stamen, Stamen. Uh, <laughs> I hear a lot of people say Stamen, Stamen, Stamen. Potato, potato. <laughs> yeah, Cody Stamen. You know, he's coming in as a minus 400 favorite in this fight. He originally was going to fight Andre Ewell. Uh, so this fight got scrapped. Ewell tested positive for COVID. And so the stand-in now is Askar Askar, who's a two-on-one fighter. This is going to be his first fight in the UFC. So don't have too much information on him. So we'll hone in on Cody on this one. You know, he's 19 and three, six TKOs, two subs. Um, he had a really emotional win at UFC 250. His, his younger brother uh, passed away, uh, you know, a few days before that fight, which is a, just a crazy story. Um, he did lose his last fight versus Riviera. And, uh, you know, great performance. He's coming right back into it. You know, I, I like Cody. He's got that kind of Chad Mendez S feel to him, you know, Real stocky, muscular guy, thick shoulders, you know, can throw the big shots. And uh, so I'm definitely rooting for him in this fight. What's your opinion overall on Cody? And what do you think his approach is coming to this fight? And if you will, Chris, speak to me on, you know, he's, he's prepping for this guy for eight weeks, this other guy, Andre. 
And, you know, just a few days before the fight, he, he takes a replacement fighter just like that. So the whole game plan doesn't know this guy. He only has three fights, hard to judge. What was his feeling and his camp's feeling uh, when, when they decided to take the fight anyways? And, and, and what do you think about that type of situation? Yeah, I think it comes down to, you know, like he's a real fighter, you know, he, you know, he trained for eight weeks and it doesn't matter who the opponent is, uh, as long as, you know, he's got one and he can, you know, put on performance and, and get paid, I, you know, that's what's most important. Uh, nowadays, you have to be ready when you fight at the UFC level, you have to be ready for, um, you know, last minute opponent changes, you know, week out opponent changes, you never, you, you never know. People get hurt a lot in this game, and now, especially with this whole, uh, you know, you know, virus thing, it's, it's like you never, you never know, right? So like, yeah. you, your corner can test positive, you can test positive, and your fight will be scratched. But uh, you know, you got to have a game. You know, you you work a game plan with your coaches for a certain fighter. But you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, like we're fighting in there. Like you have to adjust your game plan if things are not working. Um, so, uh, you know, Cody, you know, he's ready to fight and he, he doesn't care who his opponent is. It's always let down, of course, you know, you get changed up, but uh, you just have to adjust and, uh, you know, change your perspective and, and think about the next guy. And I think Asgar, correct me if I'm wrong, is he out of the, the Jersey guys? Does he train with, uh, Frankie Edgar and those guys, or is he with a Russian team? I'm not sure to be honest. I just grabbed yeah, Asgard, it. It sounds it sounds familiar, but if you're saying he hasn't fought in the UFC yet, maybe uh maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they said this is his first fight in the UFC. So okay. all holding on Cody, you know, I'm always rooting for him. I know Vince Murdoch is really close with him and, and he's close with a lot of the guys and and Vince. Uh, I'm not sure if he's joining him for this uh this fight. I know he he cornered one of Cody's fight over there in Fight Island. Uh, Vince will follow them on, on that that journey. And so I'm going to be pulling for Cody. He, you know, he's the huge favorite in this fight. Um, so if I can make my official prediction, I think Cody's going to get the finish in this fight. I think it's going to take a little warming up, filling out this guy's game. But I'm going to call a second round TKO for Cody. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'm pulling for Cody too. I, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a, a decision. Okay, you're going Cody by decision. Yeah, if it's at, if it's the Askar. Uh, that I'm thinking about he's pretty tough but you know Cody's tough too that's right all right we'll jump on to the next fight this one's an interesting one we got Corey Sandman Sanhagen coming in as a minus 450 favorite versus Frankie the answer Edgar coming in as a plus 330 underdog so first I gotta say they are really pushing you know heavy favorite to Corey Sanhagen maybe there's something I don't know if there's an injury or something I see this as a pretty damn even fight with Frankie and Corey I think it's going to be a back and forth I think it's anyone's fight to take you know Corey is definitely riding a high with that spinning wheel kick KO you know he's looking good but you got to remember he took a loss to Aljamain Sterling just previous to that I know for Frankie he's coming off a few losses but he's still a dangerous guy um Frankie lost three out of five but the losses were to the Korean zombie were to Brian Ortega and Max Holloway. You know, those are three of the top guys in the, in the world. I wouldn't put Sanhagen on those guys level just quite yet. He does have a win over Cub Swanson during this run. He's 24 and eight. I'm a big Frank Yeager fan. You know, I've been following him for a long time, but Corey's definitely uh, pulling some views and, 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 you know, bringing in a lot of fans as well in his own right. 
So first, let's, let's dive into Corey first. I'd love to get your opinion. You know, he was on a seven-fight win streak before he ran into Sterling. Then he got this crazy spinning heel kick KO. He's on a high. He's 13-2. and two. Uh, How do you break down Corey's game? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of both of these guys. Uh, I've trained with both of them before. Uh, I trained with uh, Sanhagen, actually, before he was in the UFC. He came down when, you know, Dwayne Ludwig was our coach and uh, – you know, he came down with a couple of his guys and he, he was, a, he was a stud back then. So, you know, just seeing him progress over, you know, over these past, you know, eight, eight years or whatever it's been, it's been kind of awesome to see, uh, you know, the progression and uh, the, you know, what he's done, you know, as of late. Um, but then we got Frankie Edgar, you know, who, who, who's a legend in, in the game and uh, you know, and actually you didn't bring this up, but he just actually beat Pedro Munoz, in, in a great fight um and, and Pedro Munoz is is no slouch in, in in his own right so I thought Frankie looked uh, you know amazing his last fight and he just continues to impress me you know as he's getting older and uh you know he's got a lot of miles I think he's got like some of the you know the longest fight time in, in the UFC uh as far as like ring time uh I could be wrong but I think he's up there and um it's going to be interesting. I don't think Sanhagen wants to go to the ground. If Frankie gets Sanhagen to the ground, I think, you know, his wrestling can kind of keep him down, but uh, Sanhagen has got some good attacks off his back and he's very hard to hold down. Uh, it's going to be, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight. Um, man, it's hard. It's hard for me to pull. I, I want, my heart wants Frankie in this one, you know, even though I'm a Sanhagen fan and uh, you know, I want to see him do, do well. Uh, I've been a, a Frankie fan for a little bit longer. <laughs> okay. So you're going Frankie Edgar for me, you know, I'm going to call this my FanDuel fight pick of the week. I'm oh. going Frankie Edgar. I, I, I like these odds, you know, plus uh, three thirty three. It, it's weighing That's, on me. Yeah. I would put some money on Frankie. <laughs> yes. The, the odds are pulling for it. So I'm going to say my FanDuel fight pick of the week is going for Frankie to answer Edgar. Plus 333. I like the odds. I think it's a good bet. Uh, a lot of people are pulling for Sanhagen. I think that's where all the money's going. Obviously, he's a heavy, heavy favorite going in this fight. I think a lot of people are underestimating Frankie. You know, he wants to make a statement here. He's 39 years old. He doesn't want to leave the game uh, without being on top. This is his one last run at the title. In his mind, he thinks a spectacular win over Corey Sanhagen gets him that title shot. So I'm going Frankie Edgar via third round TKO. And that's my FanDuel fight pick of the week. Nice, nice. Okay, so you're, um, you're going Frankie. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, I think I think Frankie's going to win this one by decision. This is a three-round fight. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be able to just push the pace and and, and kind of dance around and, you know, not get hit with anything, anything big. And then also mix in his takedowns. Uh, like he's so good at doing and, you know, get on top a few times and, and, and squeak out victory. All right. That's it. We're both going Frankie, the bi the biggest underdog on the card we're, we're taking. I like it. I like it. I might have to throw some cash over on that one. <laughs> that's a good, uh, that's a good fight. It's time for the main fight pick of the evening. 
All right. In the main event, we got <laughs> Alistair, the demolition man, Overeem, coming in as a plus 144 underdog versus Alexander Drago Volkov, coming in as a minus 178 favorite. So we'll start with Alistair on this. 47 and 18 with 25 TKOs, 17 subs. He's four and one in his last five fights. And really that Rosenstrike fight where he got KO'd with six seconds left, he was dominating that fight. And for everyone listening, that was the one where he got rocked and his lip got split in half with two inch gash on the right side of his lip. That was, was one of the most gnarliest injuries I've seen in MMA. So he wants to make his one last push for the heavyweight title, rightfully so. He's on a great run. Um, he's coming in as an underdog. So first, what do you think about Alistair, the demolition man over him, Chris? I, I've been watching Alistair since the pride days. Like I was, I was a big fan of just back then. He was just like a, a tall beanpole, uh, you know, kind of lean. <laughs> he reminded me of myself and he had like really good striking, but he was submitting guys as well. And he's just like super aggressive. And I was like, man, this Alistair Overeem guy is pretty well or pretty, pretty good. And he won something. And then I saw he was in K1 and all of a sudden he like put on 50, 60 pounds and just was like eating horse meat. And uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know what happened. He he turned into a a different human being and, um, and brought that aspect of that, you know, that just the, (laughs) the entertainment aspect of the the sport and uh, came back to the UFC and, He's won, I think he's won K1. He's won a pride belt. Um, was he UFC champ? Am I? No, no, I don't think he ever no. grabbed no. the UFC. Yeah. Hmm. I don't, I don't think he did. I think that's why he's so hungry to get that belt. Because if he does, that would mean that would mean he got the pride belt, the K1 belt, and the UFC belt. And he's a strike force champ, right? I'm pretty sure he's a strike force. Former strike force yeah. And so he's got was a you know he did beat Brock Lesnar. Um, that might have not been for the belt. Probably should look that up. Hmm. That's amazing. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember, man. There's been been so many fights and so many belts. Um, but yeah, he's he's four and one, like you said, and you know he always looks good. And uh, you know from from what I've uh, heard from some people that Alistair is a student of the game. And he, he likes to, to learn and he keeps an open mind. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a fan of those type of guys who just, you know, don't, they ask questions, but they also just do what you say and, and are, are willing to learn and, and, and try to get better. Yeah. It looks like Alistair, you had a chance at the crack at the belt uh, versus Stipe, you know, lost that fight. And like you said, with the big hype, that was Brock Lesnar when, when Alistair was just a freaking yeah yeah yeah. that was the huge spectacle that got put on that got a huge you know pre pre pre-usada days yeah he's an absolute beast so that that was wild i'm i'm rooting for alistair i I like him in this fight i like the storyline of him being this you know long time mma you know staple everyone who's the the hardcore mma fans great story but it's a great story on the other side you got alexander volkov 32 and 8 21 tkos you know, he just put a beating on Walt Harris. Uh, he had some crazy body shots in that fight. He has three subs to his record. He's two and two in his last four fights. He took a pretty nasty loss to Derek Lewis. Um, he thinks that Overeem is going to make a mistake and he's going to catch him and, and, and drop him, knock him out, TKO him. And he's got 
crazy length on his striking long dude of course he's a big guys in the heavyweight division and so it's gonna be interesting it shows me that you know 21 tkos on the other side alex Roverine, he's always ready to stand and, and bang it out so this is going to be a standing striking heavyweight match um so ultimately what are your thoughts on alexander a little bit on his side and and what do you think the game plan is going to be coming in against Overeem? Yeah, maybe uh, you know, using his length, uh, and trying to try to get those, you know, maybe make, trying to make over Overeem tired in, in later rounds. Uh, you know, being a little bit older, uh, and you know, who knows what Overeem is is coming to the fight. You know, I've seen a couple different Overeem show up, uh, but you know, he looked good his last fight, and you know, I don't I don't think he can really do anything to Overeem that you know Alistair hasn't seen. Like he's fought some of the best you know, kickboxers in the world and he's fought some of the best MMA fighters in the world. So, you know, uh, you know, I got Alistair. I, I, I think, I, I, I think Alistair is going to end up finishing uh, Volkov. He's going to rock him and then maybe like guillotine him or something like that. Okay. So your official main event pick, you're going with Alistair Overeem. Well, with Alistair Overeem by guillotine choke. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay, so for me, for my main event pick, I'm also pulling for Alistair Overeem. Um, how do I see the fight playing out? I think it's going to be a big feel-out process in the beginning, both long, lanky guys kind of get down that range. I can envision a lot of feints going on, but as soon as they start engaging, it only takes one punch for, for lights out. And so yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking Overeem's going to catch him early in the third round, and I'm calling – I saw Alexander, you know, take a few, get dropped a few times. So I know he's capable of, of getting hit and getting dropped. And so I'm thinking, excuse me, God, I'm thinking Overeem's going to get that finish via third round TKO. That's my fight pick. Nice. That's a good one. All right. That's the main event. So thanks guys for watching fight picks with the pros. We'll see you next time.